Welcome to the Fearless Vampire Podcast. I'm on a heartfelt mission through the art of conversation and storytelling to inspire women to pursue their creative entrepreneurial journey with reckless abandon. I'm your host, Taylor, a six-figure photographer and business coach based in Colorado. I'm a right-brain mompreneur to two toddler boys, devoted deep conversation holder, and your personal alpaca cuddle liaison. My hope is that you leave our time together feeling empowered and energized to build your dream life. Learn more at fearlessvampire.com. Marketing is no longer about the stuff that you make, but about the stories you tell. Seth Godin. Have you ever played a board game with a child or a very competitive drunk friend? It can sometimes feel that as soon as you're about to make a great move or get a big win, the rules change. So you change up your plan just to keep this person in the game and on your side. But once you've devised your next move, the rules have changed again. A lot of times marketing your business can feel eerily similar to this board game. So it's no surprise that marketing is the number one thing that comes up for creative entrepreneurs when we start thinking about our business and its success. The big M word is always a cause for a panic attack because we don't know what we're getting into and we don't know when the game is going to change. What's more is we are afraid of selling and appearing slimy. Now, while I understand this fear, there is a new wave of marketing and a simple shift in our approach that alleviates that quote unquote slimy feeling. And I'll get into that later in this episode. But before we jump into my top three rules for marketing, I first want to share my top three favorite royal marketing failures with you. Now, these are real failures, and honestly, they're only three of about a million. But for the sake of this episode and time, I chose the ones that I took the biggest lessons from. At the end of this episode, I'm going to share with you my top three rules for marketing your business so you don't leave with that slimy feeling. So, this first marketing failure that I had. I, oh my gosh, y'all, I was so excited about this marketing plan. I had just quit my corporate job and launched my photography business full-time. This was in October of 2012. It was at the end of the year. And I thought, okay, I'm going to hit this thing hard. What should I do? And naturally, as an entrepreneur, I wanted to create something, but not only did I want to create something, I wanted to create something tangible. So I decided to print postcards. Now I printed a thousand postcards and that should have been enough, but it was right at the end of October. So I went the extra mile. Actually, Mike and I both did. He was totally wrangled into this. And we turned these 1000 postcards that had, you know, some pictures that I had taken in a uh, giveaway that we were going to do in, in, or a a discount. It was one or the other. I, I, I can't remember. It was so long ago. But I very specifically remember we turned those thousand postcards into handmade Christmas cards. I'm not even kidding. We went to Hobby Lobby and got tons of Christmas paper, wrapping paper, stickers, glitter, glue, scissors. I mean, think about the biggest scrapbooking party you've ever seen. That was in our living room at our tiny apartment in Broomfield, Colorado. So we spent weeks making these Christmas cards. And on there, there there was a call to action. I did send them to my new website that had just launched, but I went even further. And yes, believe it or not, I got a soliciting license. I applied for this soliciting license. I got it approved. 
And so Mike and I printed off a map of Superior, Colorado, which is where we lived and all the neighborhoods around us. We printed it off and we highlighted every house that we were going to hit. We had it broken up, color coded, pink. We were going to do Monday, uh, you know, yellow. We were going to do Tuesday, blue. We were going to do Wednesday. And we had a week to get a thousand of these handmade freaking Christmas cards hung on the homes of all these people in Broomfield, Colorado. So again, we spent an entire week. We spent weeks making these Christmas cards and then we spent a whole week hanging up these Christmas cards on people's doors. Now I'm gonna give you a little, I'm gonna give you a guess. How many sessions do you think I booked from that? Zero. I booked zero sessions and it cost me so much time and so much money. Now I did get one phone call. I got one phone call and they said that they were going to book and then they canceled on me after they said that they were going to book. They like picked a date. They were going to check with their family. And then a few days later, I reached out to them and they said, yeah, we got to cancel that. Our son has a Christmas concert or something like that. I was devastated because this was my first real quote unquote real marketing attempt after quitting my corporate job. And I thought for sure, I mean, these were really cute cards. Why wouldn't people buy them or, you know, contact as we were giving away like a handmade picture frame or something or like a hundred dollars off if people booked. There was so much incentive though. I thought that the photos were, were fine. They were really pretty. Not a single person called to book after that one family canceled. I I can't tell you how long I cried about this freaking soliciting, you know, epidemic. It was very sad and very insane. And even Mike him, like himself told me this is going to work. This has got to work. Somebody's going to like, you know, lots of people are going to book this. You better get ready. Like your calendar is going to be booked. Yeah, not a single person booked. So this is the biggest lesson that I learned. And keep in mind, this was, this, was, um, this was 10 years ago. Print is dead. Now, with the exception of business cards, thank you cards, and maybe, maybe a welcome guide. That's a strong maybe. You don't even need that because people want it digitally. Don't bother printing things. Certainly do not bother soliciting and don't bother spending money on a flyer that somebody is going to throw away. In this day and age, if somebody has to look at a flyer, see the URL, and then either take a picture of it or remember to go to it at a later time, it's not going to happen. Our, our culture has shifted into this, um, you know, it's got to be easy to please, quick and ready. So they want to be able to click on a link. They don't want to have to look at a poster and then copy the URL, type it in, and then figure out where to go from there. So that was the biggest lesson that I learned is that print is dead. Again, with the exception of business cards, I always think you should have business cards and thank you cards because I love thank you cards. Other than those two things, print is dead. Now, my second major marketing fail, and this wasn't so much a financial failure because I didn't invest too much into it, but it was time and it was energy, is boosting ads on Facebook and Instagram. So when you boost something, or sorry, whenever you post something, so whenever you originally post something on Facebook or Instagram, you have the option to quote unquote boost it for a nominal amount of money. You can boost it for $4, you can boost it for $30, you can boost it for a million dollars, whatever you want. 
I would do this from time to time, but the method to my madness was all wrong. I didn't have a plan for what happened after I boosted this post. And what happened was that I was getting lots of likes. Well, likes are great for the ego, but it is a major waste of money if it's not somebody who's going to actually book me. And so I was spending, you know, I would post something and then boost it for 20 bucks. And I would see all these likes rolling in and I was like, wow, it must be working. But then nothing happened after that. So I think people can get confused in thinking that boosting an Instagram or Facebook post is the same as creating an ad. And they are very, 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 very different. When you create a Facebook ad, there is a lot of jargon that I don't understand still that goes into it. There's a lot of targeting. There's a lot of, you know, actually coming up with like a headline and, and calls to action. Boosting a post is an absolute waste of money. The only, only, only time I would ever suggest using it is for example, on Facebook, not on Instagram, because it's not, at least right now, it's still not very user-friendly. But on Facebook, if I were to blog a, a wedding, for example, and I just wanted a lot of eyes on this blog for SEO and just to potentially reach you know, a newly engaged couple, I would do a post with a whole bunch of images with a link, a direct link to that blog post. And that is the only time that I would ever boost it. Now, I say only on Facebook because on Instagram, you can't have a link in a post. It doesn't work. You have to actually create an ad so that when people click on it, it takes them to a landing page. But right now it really only works on Facebook where if you boost a post, I highly one bajillion percent recommend you've got to have a link in that post, sending people exactly where you want them to go. And even still, I would make sure that you have a very targeted audience and don't just send it out to your current followers because one, chances are they're seeing it. Two, chances are if they're not seeing it with the organic algorithm, it's because they don't care. And not that they don't care because they don't love you. It's because they're probably not getting engaged or they're probably not planning a wedding. Or maybe they've got five kids now and 10 years ago they were planning a wedding and it was exciting. But right now they've got kids in a career and they're buying a house. It's just not serving them right now. So the lesson that I learned is ultimately boosting a post led to wasting money and getting more likes. And like I said, likes are fine for the ego, but the ego doesn't help pay my bills and it doesn't help me accomplish my financial goals. So instead of boosting posts for likes and reach, quote unquote, reach is a very enticing word. Take a course on what it looks like to actually establish Facebook ads. That is the biggest piece of advice that I can give you if you're really wanting to move past the organic marketing that, that, that social media can give you and move into the paid marketing. Take a course specifically designed for Facebook ads. You're going to learn a ton in there. And it's again, it's going to be way more beneficial than just boosting a post. So the third major marketing failure that, that I experienced and one that I'm relatively embarrassed about is reaching out to other professionals and asking them to bleh, bleh, pick their brain barf. Like I could literally throw up. Now I did this one time and immediately it felt awful. I knew that I didn't just want to pick somebody's brain because this is somebody who had worked so hard to get to where they are. And I knew it was right as at, at, at the point of, of business when coaching was making its way in mentorship. Um, I think like Caitlin James was the only person who was doing mentorships at that point. But 
Do not ever, for the sake of your own reputation, reach out to someone and ask if you can pick their brain in exchange for a coffee. Again, thankfully, I only did this once and it didn't feel right, but now I'm a mentor and I get this question weekly in my Instagram. Asking somebody who has been in their field for over a decade if they'll be an open book, share all their business successes with you, and to boot, refer you business is a really great way to find yourself on the do not refer list. Now, I will say some of my best friends are photographers, and I reached out to them saying, hey, I need some friends in this industry. Do you want to get a coffee? And I got together with them just for coffee. Inevitably, we started talking about business. And no, this was not my manipulative way of getting information from people. I genuinely wanted friends in the industry. I really wanted to know people who had the same schedule I did, who had the same values I did, who were creative like I was. But reaching out to somebody and asking, can I buy you a coffee and pick your brain? Do not do that. That is undervaluing one yourself and two, the other person that you are reaching out to. The biggest lesson that I learned here is to find someone that you genuinely connect with and hire them to be your mentor. And then, and only then, you can ask them how you can build their trust to be on their referral list. Now, I see this a lot with venues too, with wedding venues. I, I do some social media marketing for a couple wedding venues. And I can't tell you the number of photographers, florists, caterers, people who reach out, wedding planners and say, hi, can you put me on your preferred vendor list? What? Have you been here? One. No, you haven't. Okay. So why would you be on my preferred vendor list or not mine, but this venue? Two, what have you done to earn the trust to be on this preferred vendor list? Now, again, I'm speaking as a venue and you, you, you have to come at this as the person that you are asking to stick their neck out for you in your business. And again, I've had photographers do this and say, hey, will you refer me? Well, why should I refer you? What do you love about weddings? I literally had somebody say, oh, I, I hate weddings, but we need the money right now. And I was like, well, I'm never going to refer you a wedding. I can promise you that. But you have to think as the person asking these questions, what have I done to build this trust? What have I done to build my own reputation? And this is not like, this is not a marketing plan. Reaching out to somebody and one asking to pick their brain and two asking them to put you on their preferred vendor list. That is not a marketing plan. That is a cop out. And it feels really gross for everybody involved. So again, biggest lesson I've learned, find someone you genuinely connect with, hire them, be very intentional about the relationships and the advice that you're seeking. You can seek advice from a million different people as far as marketing goes, but until you find the person who actually resonates with you and connects with you, that is when you are really going to see your marketing shift. So now that we've covered my three epic failures in marketing, just a few of them. I haven't even gotten into wedding shows and you know Facebook ads that totally flopped, Pinterest. I mean, all the things that I have absolutely failed on. I want to cover the tried and true rules for marketing that have not let me down in the last you know 10 years. In this last decade, these are the rules that no matter what you're doing, they will always serve you. You will always win at marketing when you implement these three rules. So the first one is really uncomfortable. And any time that I'm working with my photography students and I tell them this, 
I see them all like clam up and like some of them shut their their camera off on on our Zoom call. Like it's a very uncomfortable rule. But rule number one, hands down, no questions asked, is you have to show up consistently and reliably on your marketing and social media platforms. Now notice I say you have to show up. This is not about going viral. Let me start with that. This is not about going viral. You will not be successful just because you had something go viral. Some people are. Yes, I will say there are the anomalies, but generally speaking, you do not need to go viral. But what you do have to do is you have to show your face in your marketing efforts, especially on social media platforms, on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, your website, your email list. You've got to show your face. Now, when I started showing up consistently, our income grew exponentially. It it was incredible to me. I had been showcasing pictures of weddings because I thought that's what everybody wanted to see. I thought that's why they were following me. But as soon as we started posting pictures of ourselves, of our marriage, of our life, of the alpacas that we have, of the property we bought, that is when our business grew exponentially. There's a few stages of my business and when we experienced big growth. And this was one of them was whenever we started showing up physically, literally in stories, on reels and posts, on Instagram lives, whatever, we just started showing up. So I just checked and I've made over 150 reels in the last year. Y'all, that's a freaking ton of reels. That's like one every two and a half days. And if you've ever made a reel, you know that they are not easy. So do you think that any of these reels have gone viral? No, absolutely not. I have, you know, less than 4,000 followers on Instagram, but I have very loyal followers and that is my primary platform. I don't need to go viral. People tell me all the time that they love watching Taylor TV. That's what my friends call it is Taylor TV and that they've learned so much just from following me and that their confidence has gone up just from following me and seeing my reels. So notice what I've done is I've actually built trust with my people and I'm growing at a sustainable pace. Again, I'm not looking to go viral. I don't want to go viral because I know I'm going to get a lot of uninterested followers who are there sucking up air. So you have to show your face. Rule number one, show up consistently and reliably. Show your face. Rule number two, is to be willing to try something new. Now, let's be let's go back to the beginning of, you know, playing this board game with a toddler. You never know what's going to stick or what's going to speak to the perfect person. And there are so many free platforms that you don't need to spend a dime on marketing. But if you choose to spend a dime on marketing, set a budget just enough to quote unquote test the water for a few weeks and just try something new. Try some new graphics, make something in Canva and see what sticks. Um, share your story on social media. Offer, offer up a giveaway session. Whatever it is that you are resonating with, Try it. You cannot fail if you are trying and if you are putting yourself out there. So don't be afraid of failing. Just be afraid of not trying at all. Rule number three is to switch your mindset from selling to inviting. And one of my business coaches used this analogy and I loved it so much that I want to share it with you today. So I want you to picture a couple who's planning their wedding. They've got date set, the venue, their outfits are picked out. They've got florals. They've got the 
best band in town who's going to just rock this scene. They have spent months and months and months planning this incredible day. The weather looks like it's going to be beautiful. Nothing could go wrong. The wedding day comes and nobody's there. What happened? They forgot to invite people. This is what marketing is. And I want to revisit the quote that I started with earlier from Seth Godin. Marketing, simply put, is an invitation and storytelling. Now, I I want to say and because when you are marketing, you are inviting, not selling, not slimy selling, get, get rid of that. When you are marketing, you are inviting somebody to be a part of this incredible thing that you have already built. Marketing is simply an invitation. So you you don't have to worry about the sliminess because if you're doing marketing the right way, then it's going to feel good. It's going to be an invitation. But also, as Seth Godin says, marketing is storytelling. And for us creative entrepreneurs, our wheelhouse, no matter what industry you're in, is storytelling. Us as humans, our, our human nature, we have survived because of storytelling. Don't eat that because you will die. Don't drink that because it's poisonous. Don't stand in the sun for too long because you're going to burn and you will, you know, like we, we learn by storytelling. It's part of our human genes. So if you're in a space where you fear marketing because you're afraid it will lack authenticity, refocus onto storytelling and inviting your audience into your world and into that story. Now, if you're eager to learn more about how to develop your marketing plan that feels genuine and not slimy, head over to taylorjones.co and apply for my Launch to Livelihood course. This is specifically designed for photographers who are ready to scale their photography business to a lucrative career. I'm so thrilled that you shared some time with me today. Marketing is something that is very near and dear to my heart because I have seen how quickly things change in our world and I've learned what works and what doesn't. And that slimy feeling is one of those things that comes up very often with my students that I work with. And I thought there's there's just got to be a way that I can share on the podcast about at least a very broad overview of what marketing looks like, what it should feel like and how it should invite the right people in. Thank you so much for joining me. If this episode resonated with you, please share it with a family member or friend or another creative entrepreneur who is going through the kind of going through this this turmoil of wanting to market but not knowing how to do it in the right way. Leave me a review if you feel so inclined and I will see you in the next episode. Take care.